Today is the 10th day of March. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It is great to be here with you today. Every day. Every day. This is my favorite spot. Around the global campfire. Every day. Looking forward to it every day. And glad to be here today as we take the next step forward. And our next step forward leads us back into the book of Numbers. And we are with the children of Israel who had moved away from Mount Sinai and had moved to the precipice of entering the promised land. And before entering this land of promise, some spies, one from each tribe of Israel, were sent into the land to spy it out, to find out what's up. What's going on? What kind of people are there? What kind of cities are there? What kind of agriculture is there? What's up in this promised land as they were preparing to enter? The spies came back and essentially gave the report that it's it's really an awesome land. It's only that we can't possibly take this land. We're grasshoppers compared to the people in the land. And that is where we left off, like literally with that drama hanging in the air. And so as we begin our reading from the book of Numbers today, that's where we are. We are immediately going to feel the response of the Israelites as they get the report that there are giants in the land. So we're reading from the Christian Standard Bible this week. Numbers. Chapter 14, verse 1 through 15, verse 16. Then the whole community broke into loud cries, and the people wept that night. All the Israelites complained about Moses and Aaron, and the whole community told them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to die by the sword? Our wives and children will become plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? So they said to one another, let's appoint a leader and go back to Egypt. And Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole assembly of the Israelite community. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jepunah, who were among those who scouted out the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite community, The land we passed through and explored is an extremely good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us into this land a land flowing with milk and honey, and give it to us. Only don't rebel against the Lord, and don't be afraid of the people of the land, for we will devour them. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. While the whole community threatened to stone them, The glory of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tent of meeting. 
the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people despise me? How long will they not trust in me despite all the signs I have performed among them? I will strike them with a plague and destroy them. Then I will make you into a greater and mightier nation than they are. But Moses replied to the Lord, The Egyptians will hear about it. For by your strength you brought up this people from them. They will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, Lord, are among these people. How you, Lord, are seen face to face. How your cloud stands over them and how you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and in a pillar of fire by night. If you kill this people with a single blow, the nations that have heard of your fame will declare, Since the Lord wasn't able to bring this people into the land he swore to give them, he has slaughtered them in the wilderness. So now, may my Lord's power be magnified just as you have spoken. The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in faithful love, forgiving iniquity and rebellion. But he will not leave the guilty unpunished, bringing the consequences of the father's iniquity on the children to the third and fourth generation. Please, pardon the iniquity of this people in keeping with the greatness of your faithful love, just as you have forgiven them from Egypt until now. The Lord responded, I have pardoned them as you requested. Yet as I live and as the whole earth is filled with the Lord's glory, none of the men who have seen my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tested me these ten times and did not obey me will ever see the land I swore to give their ancestors. None of those who have despised me will see it, but since my servant Caleb has a different spirit and has remained loyal to me, I will bring him into the land where he has gone, and his descendants will inherit it. Since the Amalekites and Canaanites are living in the lowlands, turn back tomorrow and head for the wilderness in the direction of the Red Sea. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, how long must I endure this evil community that keeps complaining about me? I have heard the Israelites' complaints that they make against me. Tell them, as I live, this is the Lord's declaration. I will do to you exactly as I heard you say. Your corpses will fall in this wilderness. All of you who were registered in the census, the entire number of you, twenty years old or more, because you have complained about me. I swear that none of you will enter the land I promised to settle you in, except Caleb, son of Jepuna, and Joshua, son of Nun. I will bring your children, whom you said would become plunder, into the land you rejected and they will enjoy it. But as for you, 
Your corpses will fall in this wilderness. Your children will be shepherds in the wilderness for forty years and bear the penalty of your acts of unfaithfulness until all your corpses lie scattered in the wilderness. You will bear the consequences of your iniquities forty years based on the number of the forty days that you scouted the land. A year for each day. You will know my displeasure. I, the Lord, have spoken. I swear that I will do this to the entire evil community that has conspired against me. They will come to an end in the wilderness, and there they will die. So the men Moses sent to scout out the land, and who returned and incited the entire community to complain about him by spreading a negative report about the land, those men who spread the negative report about the land were struck down by the Lord. Only Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jepuna, remained alive of those men who went to scout out the land. When Moses reported these words to all the Israelites, the people were overcome with grief. They got up early the next morning and went up the ridge of the hill country saying, Let's go to the place the Lord promised, for we were wrong. Moses responded, Why are you going against the Lord's command? It won't succeed. Don't go, because the Lord is not among you, and you will be defeated by your enemies. The Amalekites and Canaanites are right in front of you, and you will fall by the sword. The Lord won't be with you, since you have turned from following him. But they dared to go up the ridge of the hill country, even though the Ark of the Lord's Covenant and Moses did not leave the camp. Then the Amalekites and Canaanites who lived in that part of the hill country came down, attacked them, and routed them as far as Hormah. The Lord instructed Moses, Speak to the Israelites and tell them, When you enter the land I am giving you to settle in, and you make a food offering to the Lord from the herd or flock, either a burnt offering or a sacrifice to fulfill a vow, or as a freewill offering, or at your appointed festivals, to produce a pleasing aroma for the Lord. The one presenting his offering to the Lord is also to present a grain offering of two quarts of fine flour mixed with a quart of oil. Prepare a quart of wine as a drink offering with the burnt offering or sacrifice of each lamb. If you prepare a grain offering with a ram, it is to be four quarts of fine flour mixed with a third of a gallon of oil. Also, present a third of a gallon of wine for a drink offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. If you prepare a young bull as a burnt offering or as a sacrifice, to fulfill a vow, or as a fellowship offering to the Lord, a grain offering of six quarts of fine flour mixed with two quarts of oil is to be presented with the bowl. Also, present two quarts of wine as a drink offering. It is a food offering, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. This is to be done for each ox, ram, lamb, or goat. This is how you are to prepare each of them, no matter how many. 
Every Israelite is to prepare these things in this way when he presents a food offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. When an alien resides with you or someone else is among you and wants to prepare a food offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord, he is to do exactly as you do throughout your generations. The assembly is to have the same statute for both you and the resident alien as a permanent statute throughout your generations. You and the alien will be alike before the Lord. The same law and the same ordinance will apply to both you and the alien who resides with you. Mark 14, 53 through 72. They led Jesus away to the high priest, and all the chief priests, the elders, and the scribes assembled. Peter followed him at a distance, right into the high priest's courtyard. He was sitting with the servants, warming himself by the fire. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they could not find any. For many were giving false testimony against him, and the testimonies did not agree. Some stood up and gave false testimony against him, stating, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with human hands, and in three days I will build another not made by hands. Yet their testimony did not agree even on this. Then the high priest stood up before them all and questioned Jesus. Don't you have an answer to what these men are testifying against you? But he kept silent and did not answer. Again, the high priest questioned him. Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus. And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, Why do we still need witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. What is your decision? They all condemned him as deserving death. Then some began to spit on him, to blindfold him, and to beat him, saying, prophesy. The temple servants also took him and slapped him. While Peter was in the courtyard below, one of the high priest's maidservants came. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, you also were with Jesus, the man from Nazareth, but he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about. Then he went out to the entryway and a rooster crowed. When the maidservant saw him again, she began to tell those standing by, this man is one of them. But again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing there said to Peter again, you certainly are one of them since you're also a Galilean. Then he started to curse and swear, I don't know this man you're talking about. Immediately, a rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered when Jesus had spoken the word to him, 
before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. Psalm 53 A Portrait of Sinners For the Choir Director An Mahalat A Maskil of David The fool says in his heart There's no God They are corrupt and they do vile deeds There is no one who does good God looks down from heaven on the human race to see if there is one who is wise, one who seeks God. All have turned away. All alike have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Will evildoers never understand? They consume my people as they consume bread. They do not call on God. Then they will be filled with dread, dread like no other, because God will scatter the bones of those who besiege you. You will put them to shame, for God has rejected them. Oh, that Israel's deliverance would come from Zion when God restores the fortunes of his people. Let Jacob rejoice. Let Israel be glad. Proverbs 11, 4 Wealth is not profitable on a day of wrath, but righteousness rescues from death. Okay, so let's just kind of catch ourselves up here on where we are in the book of Numbers. We have been at the precipice of entering the promised land. Like I was saying yesterday, like we've been moving toward this since the book of Genesis. And we have seen that it's been a long view, a long promise, a promise given to Abraham that has taken centuries to get us to this place, the threshold of the promised land. And the children of Israel have been delivered from Egyptian slavery in very miraculous fashion. We went through the entire plagues. We saw their deliverance. We saw them leave. We watched them go into the wilderness and we also watched Egypt change their minds and start asking themselves, what have we done by kicking the Israelites out of here? Like, this is going to destroy our economy. And so they go back after the Israelites who are encamped by the Red Sea and they are walled in by mountains and ocean. And here come the Egyptians. God splits the Red Sea and they go across on dry ground and the Egyptian army is destroyed. So, like, these people have seen things that very few people ever get to witness. And they head into the wilderness. And they have trouble finding water and they grumble. They're not satisfied with the food, so they grumble. 
They come to the mountain of God and encamp around it. And God is going to come and speak directly with them and they fear. And they ask Moses basically to be God's spokesperson. So Moses is on the top of the mountain receiving the revelation from God. Meanwhile, the people are down below the mountain building a golden calf to worship because they don't know what happened to Moses. And so they've decided that the golden calf, this is the, this is the God, this, this is who led you out of Egypt. This is the one that did all the mighty acts. This is the one who has got us here. And they're dancing around and worshiping this idol. Moses has to come down because God is like, you got to go down and see what they're doing. And the Ten Commandments are broken there. Moses grinds up the golden calf and puts it into the water. And then eventually we get all this revelation of the law and about the tabernacle and about the priesthood. And then they move out because it's time to live this. They are prepared. They have received the revelation of what the statutes and um, celebrations and sacrifice, like all of the things that will weave a culture together and knit them together with a common story. They have to go live it now. And they wander around and we've watched them complain more. We have no meat. Do you remember the meat we used to eat for free when we were slaves in Egypt? And so God sends them meat to eat. Like at every turn, every time they face something that's going to be hard or that seems difficult to sort of process, something that they can't figure out in their own strength, then they just throw up their hands and start complaining about their leaders, which is Moses and Aaron and Miriam and a priesthood. Or they complain directly about God. Every time they face something that they can't navigate on their own, they lose it. When they're in the wilderness to learn something that they are dependent that they are chosen people of God, that He will protect them, that He will guide them, that it doesn't matter what they see or what their fears are, because those aren't real. God is with them, and they have to learn to trust and so we get to the precipice of the promised land and the spies are sent in and the spies come back and say it's not possible and the people lose it again and it gets really erratic in our reading today if only we had died in the land of Egypt if only we had died in this wilderness why is the Lord wanting us to go into this land where everybody's going to be plunder it would have been better for us to die in the wilderness than to die in battle and our families be taken into another kind of slavery. We should go back to Egypt. Let's get a leader. Let's appoint a new leader who will take us back to Egypt. That's their initial response to finding out that they may have to contend for this promised land. They may have to actually live into the message of the wilderness. They are utterly dependent on God. They must trust God. 
And so Moses and Aaron are falling on their faces before the Lord and begging for mercy because God is like, all right, like, what else do I have to do? Do you not remember what has happened to you as I led you out of slavery, as I destroyed the Egyptian army, your enemy, as I provided food and water for you in the wilderness, as I revealed myself to you and built a people out of you, changing your identity from slaves to chosen, as I've led you right here to the threshold of your promise, what else do I have to do? And in the end, what God determines is, essentially, you have not learned the lesson of the wilderness yet. This wilderness is here to shape you so that you can boldly live your lives without fear, knowing that I am with you. Right in the middle of your camp, I am right in the middle of this story until you realize that it's not going to work out for you in this land of promise. You have to turn back. And in the process, God determines that everyone who had seen all the things that we just talked about from Egypt forward, they had gotten to see this with their very own eyes. And now there's an emerging generation. The next generation is beginning to take its foothold and take its leadership. And so all of these people who had seen all that God had done, they could poison this next generation. And so they are being instructed to turn back into the wilderness and head back toward the Red Sea. And of course, some people begin to realize the gravity of the situation and they're like, we're sorry, we want to obey God now. We want to obey him. We're sorry. We're, let, let's go. Let's do it. And Moses is like, yeah, the lesson isn't learned and God is not with you. And if you go in, it's not going to go well, which is exactly what they did. They rebelled again after being instructed by the Lord again. They decided, no, we're ready to obey you now. And they go in and they get pummeled. And so that's where we find ourselves heading back into the wilderness as a new generation emerges. And we will see some review of things that we may have heard before in the giving of the law because this new generation is being taught to do what their parents would not. And in the process of all of this, the mistrust and distrust of God in the face of hardship is dooming a generation to die in the wilderness and is burdening a future generation to go do what their parents wouldn't. There's a generation of people that have to rise up and take the promised land when they were supposed to be the first generation to live free in it. Trusting God in the wilderness is one of the most important lessons we will ever learn in our lives. And we will continue to circle and lead ourselves into places of wilderness until we 
learn this. We all find ourselves wandering in the wilderness in our lives from time to time. We find ourselves in wilderness seasons. If we can just hearken back to what the wilderness teaches us in the Bible, it's that the lesson here, the growth here, is to become intimately, acutely aware that we are utterly dependent on God and we must trust Him. It is the only way forward. It is the only way out of the wilderness. And if we think about our wilderness seasons, we realize that those seasons take an awful lot of energy. They take a lot of emotional energy because it's hard. But they take a lot of energy because we're using all of our mental capacity to try to figure out how to get ourselves out of it. When the lesson is trust, there is a path out of this into promise. Trust. Move forward one step at a time and trust that we are utterly dependent on God. He is our source of life. There is no other place to place our hope. There is no other. Trust is the lesson here. And we are watching the children of Israel simply mimic our own stories. And maybe this is a good time to realize that they are staying in the wilderness longer than they needed to. And maybe that's true of us. Maybe if we're in the wilderness right now and we begin to trust that we will know no matter what things look like, we have moved one step toward freedom every single day. One step toward promise every single day as we trust in the goodness of God and the wisdom of God in our lives. And so, Father, we invite you into that. This touches all of us. Every single one of us as it touched your people and as you continued to teach and train them. This brings enormous perspective. And so now we repent and begin to change the way we were looking at things and change our minds and run toward you. And not with accusation, wondering why you're not doing what we want you to do, but we run to you for protection. We trust you to help us navigate the seasons of our lives. And when we stop doing that, we feel like we're alone in the wilderness. And that speaks so much. And so we are, we are so grateful for what you teach us in the scriptures, in the stories of the lives of those who have gone before us. Come, Holy Spirit, show us how to trust you, how to put our full hope in you alone. 
no matter where we are in life. Pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com That is home base, and that is where you can find out what's happening. The Daily Audio Bible app, you can download from the app store that works with your device, and that's free. Just search for Daily Audio Bible, and that'll let you know what's going on as well. Check out the Daily Audio Bible shop. There are resources in a number of categories there for the journey that we are on. Check out the community section. This is where the prayer wall is and where to get connected. And so get connected in any way that you want to, any way that you can. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, if you find that being around the global campfire each day and having this place, this little place of serenity in our lives to gather together and hear God's word, if that is life-giving to you, then thank you humbly for your partnership. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app. That's the little red button up at the top. Or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here. Tomorrow. Hi, this is Ken from New Hampshire. I'm asking the DAB community to pray for my wife, Marilyn. She's a little under the weather right now. She's, we haven't come back from coming back from the trip to Israel this year. Uh, I've come back pretty good, but my wife hasn't come back yet. So I would ask for prayers for her, to lift her up, to strengthen her, to get her back on her feet. And I thank you so much for this family and this prayer, prayer family. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, DAB family. This is Dennis from Ennis, Texas, and I called in a little over two months ago now for prayer requests from my wife, Angie, otherwise known as Mayor Angie, who's the mayor of our town. I called regarding the unexplained sudden death of her youngest adult daughter, who was found unresponsive by her eldest son. On the night of the incident, which was just before Christmas, we couldn't access the scene because law enforcement was conducting an investigation into the matter. The area was cordoned off by the crime scene tape and there were a lot of unanswered questions and we did our best to not speculate how play was involved. It's been over two months now and there's been no indication of any foul play and it appears her death is entirely accidental. The use of the crime scene tape and everything involved was standard procedure because her death was considered unattended. I, and we would like to thank the DAB community members who called in prayer support. There are way too many people on the list uh, of names to acknowledge, and that would be way too long for this message. We'd also like to thank all the DAB community members who did not call in, but prayed for us silently from near and far. My wife is actually doing rather well, surprisingly well, actually, despite the circumstances, and if she's well, generally means that I'm going to be well. 
I attribute that wellness to the support of this community and your prayers, which have lifted both of us up, especially her during the past few months, which have been difficult. I believe it's her faith and your prayers that got us through. We love you. We thank you very much. Hi, Daily Audio Bible. This is Rivka, currently in Ohio, headed for Florida, hopefully soon. So I just wanted to let you know my mom passed away yesterday at 2.10 p.m. So I have um, this verse that is just perfect for her. It's Song of Solomon 2.10. There's no mistake about it. My beloved, that's Yeshua, speaks and says to me, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. For now the winter is past. The rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in their land. So we thank you, God, that this verse is for us, your bride, that you are coming to get us, those who believe in you, and um, that that you are uh, wiping away every tear from our eyes, that you are making all things new. So we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for loving us. Thank you for your springtime. Yeah, that we can rest and hope in that. In Yeshua's name, amen. And thank you, Brian, for that song that you played on March 2nd. It was perfect. So you always know how to do that, huh? Yeah, and the scriptures too. In Yeshua's name, amen. Good morning, DAB family. This is Samantha from Tennessee. I am calling because I need, or my friend needs, some serious prayer right now. She has a disease called mast cell, which basically just makes her body have an allergic reaction to whatever it decides to. And right now she's in a situation where she has not been able to eat anything or receive any nutrients for two weeks. And now her body cannot even ingest water without going into anaphylaxis where her throat closes up. Um, I don't know what the doctor's next step is other than putting her on a Benadryl drip. But she needs a miracle. The Lord has already healed her once, and we have seen it happen again and again, and her faith is strong. But simply, she needs to eat and drink something soon. She's under 100 pounds and very sick. So I really appreciate your guys' prayers. Hi, friends. This is Susie in California. Just um, heavy-hearted over, um, I, I have a nephew a great nephew that is just about eight years old this month. And he um, he's on the spectrum with autism. He's been running out and escaping the house, even the classroom at school, running straight out into traffic. Um, it's been very challenging as close as they try to keep their eye on him. Things have happened where he's been able to escape and he doesn't even realize the danger. He has never been hit by a car, but it has been close. 
so many times. This has happened at least four times now. The parents are just distraught. And, um, and their grandmother, my sister. Anyway, if you can uh, kind of uh, just be praying for them to know how to keep them safe and what to do. And, you know, even that God would heal his little body. Hello, family. It's Drew from the Bay Area. This time I'm calling in with a praise report. I'll give you that at the end. And then I also would like to, to share the feelings I have that I believe is guided by the Holy Spirit living in me and living in you. We are one in Christ. We are one through the blood of Jesus, the risen Christ, the resurrected one who left us the comforter. Yes, we're not to be overwhelmed by this world and broken relationships. As one pastor told me, bury that relationship and turn from it. Realize that a death of a relationship is a birth of a new one, a new one that you have in Christ and a new walk. Don't let people, people and their burdens and their, and their betrayals take up rent, take up room in your head, rent free. Just let go. And God will take over. Just be overwhelmed with his love and share it with others with a smile. Just with your eyes and a kind word, that's all you need. You need Jesus more than you need anything else. And you'll feel better no matter what your health condition is. Trust him. He loves you. Thank you. I love you. I'll keep praying for all of you. Drew from the Bay Area. And thank you, Brian and Jill, for this ministry and all those behind the scenes. You are serving God in a very worthy way. 